0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime.
1: The actions or more notably the inaction of the school district police chief and other law enforcement officers move swiftly to the center of the investigation into this week's shocking school shooting in Uvalde, Texas. The delay in confronting the shooter who was inside the school for more than an hour could lead to discipline, lawsuits and even criminal charges against police the attack that left 19 children and two teachers dead in a fourth grade classroom was america's deadliest school shooting in nearly a decade and for three days police offered a confusing and sometimes contradictory timeline that drew public anger and frustration now let's go live to uvalde texas where we're joined by reggie chikini washington correspondent for global national news reggie thank you for joining us good afternoon now with this latest news reggie regarding uh, police waiting before intervening how has this news been taken in the community
0: i mean look this is a community jazz that is uh, that is continuing to sink under uh, the grief of what it experienced uh, on tuesday and mixed in with that grief now is a resounding anger anger directed towards the state anger directed towards the department of public service for not only the miscommunication to the public in the hours and days after this shooting, but also in the admission from police that this was a flawed execution of a strategy to try and take down a shooter that goes against what the Texas training manual says.
1: Now, in regards to the investigation into uh, Salvador Ramos, where are we presently uh, locally and and I guess uh, uh, investigation by the state police as well?
0: Well, I mean, look. There are calls here. Number one, for an investigation of the response, uh, and there are growing calls for the Department of Justice to be brought in. When it comes to the local investigation, uh, the information that's coming out is incremental at best. It is going very slow. One can imagine uh, that it's going to take time because there is so much information to try and pour through. Uh, a lot of it delved way deep into social media, the the conversations, the interactions that the suspected gunman had with people from around the world, not posted publicly from what we're hearing from police, but rather in private messages. Uh, and they're trying to use this as a way to not only get into the mind uh, of what was going on in the gunman, uh, but also as a way to try and retrace the final steps, the steps that in, maybe in the months before when he was purchasing the weapons and the steps leading up to the moments when he walked into the school. There's a lot of unknowns right now. His mother says she doesn't understand what was going on. She's simply asking for forgiveness.
1: Uh, I don't know how close you are in regards to the school site itself. What do you have been hearing and, and just seeing in regards to your interaction with, with community members in Uvalde?
0: Yeah, I mean, look, uh, th- at this moment, I'm standing outside of the Oasis Outback. That's the sporting goods store uh, where the suspected gunman purchased the rifles uh, that were used, allegedly used, on Tuesday. For the last three days, I've been standing uh, a- a- at the uh, town square in Uvalde, talking to residents, talking to some of the parents of kids who go to the school, and that's where you hear the emotion. You see the anger coming from them, asking if something had been done differently by police, could lives have been saved? An hour, according to one mother, is enough time to kill far too many people, especially when there are 19 police officers, according to police, standing in the hallway. We've heard from some of the students that were inside uh, of the school. Uh, We talked to a grade Three student who was in uh, a separate classroom who could hear the gunshots and who lost not only family members but friends uh, as well. This this is um, this is a devastating story to be covering and it is a devastating story for this small community 90 miles west of San Antonio.
1: Mm -hmm. Now, many would argue that uh, Texas uh, would be defined as a pro-gun state. Um, How has the politics played out in this? Because in in these situations, it it inevitably leads to a broader conversation about uh, gun control, gun laws, uh, the Second Amendment. Uh, How has that been playing out in the community uh, itself?
0: Well, I mean, look, there are calls here from some residents saying if there were if gun legislation in the United States or even in Texas was different, uh, would this have happened? But arguably, this has been thrust back into a national stage where the political conversation over gun rights and gun control is at a simmering point. And, Jazz, that's because this is the second mass shooting in two weeks, first Buffalo, then Uvalde, Texas. You have Democrats saying that common sense measures need to be put in place, better background checks, more red flag laws but you face resistance and pushback from Republicans who are heavily backed by the National Rifle Association that says that gets in the way of law-abiding citizens who have that Second Amendment right to be able to bear arms. And that's why uh, we find the United States in this position over and over again, because there are such polar views trying to come to uh, an agreement on something that neither side will agree to when it comes to guns in this country. Even the Democratic president, who's on his way here tomorrow, has failed in trying to get something done to stop the gun violence.
1: Do you think this incident, this time, uh, may push legislators to go that extra mile, may push the President of the United States uh, to, to um, perhaps work towards greater change? I know it's very difficult and, and you've articulated it very well. Does anybody think anything will change in America after this latest incident?
0: Look, from the conversations I've had with people, they thought that change would happen after Sandy Hook. They thought that change would happen after El Paso. They thought change would happen uh, after Parkland or after the Pulse shooting, and it doesn't happen. Maybe incremental change does, but big change hasn't happened. I was talking to the parents last night of Jessica Gawi. She was the one who died in 2012 in Aurora, Colorado. She escaped from the Toronto Eaton Centre shooting. Her parents, who travel around the country dealing and helping families cope uh, with this kind of situation, they say that they do feel that something could change because of the massive protest we saw outside of the NRA convention in Houston this weekend. Slight uh, bits of optimism that the United States could be at a turning point. But when you listen to what Republicans are saying, when you listen to what the gun lobby is saying, that this isn't a gun problem, this is a mental health problem, this is a video game problem, this is a broken homes problem, it really does become harder to see how change can happen.
1: Uh, for you as a journalist covering this, uh, and I know you've covered many other stories that are very tough emotionally, um, what's it been like just uh, you know, you, you fly into a community when something that, that, that has occurred is so traumatic, uh, and then you have to speak to these parents, you speak to the community leaders. What has it been like for you just meeting these people?
0: It's hard. Uh, I mean, I, I've covered a lot of stories where you go into a community that's been devastated by, uh, by a social issue or by a natural disaster, uh, and you, have, you, you empathize with the people who have lost everything. But this is different. Uh, this is a family, that, uh, this is a city that's been broken apart and lost some of its youngest residents, some of its most defenseless residents, and it's really hard to, um, to not get emotional. When you're talking to these parents of kids uh, whose futures were taken away from them uh, and, and for parents who are simply going to, to find themselves with a hole in their heart for the rest of their lives and for the rest of their family's generation's lives. This, this has been one of the most difficult stories to tell in a very small town um, that, that, that would have never been on the map had it not been for something so devastating. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts